Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Real. Before the Comedy Real, people put is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's why on your favorite podcast platform, we believe in the Comedy Bureau field report. And, uh, you know, this is episode 174. And it's one of those rare episodes where I'm actually doing it in public. And uh, I really want to get through this intro part because there are people around. And I'm at a gelato place, which you should go to for Pop Gelato. Um, but enough of that. So I don't have to embarrass myself. I can make people pretend like I'm on a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> And on to this week's amazing guest, uh, you know, so thankful that L.A. has welcomed him with uh, its very sunny open arms because uh, such a talented performer, comedian and children's entertainer. Please go for Mark Vigian, everybody. Hey, what's hey. up, everybody? Thank oh, you for having me, Jake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, how is it going on your end, Mark? Going well. I will say I never correct people on how to pronounce my last name. Uh-huh, you um, should. I'm going to because I've been told I should. Yeah. Um, I have been raised to pronounce it Vigent. Okay. But Vigent. I'm soft launching Vigent. 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 It's more fun. It's more sexy. I feel it like is. it's like I'm I'm in my sexy phase right now, Jake. You're sexy. I'm hot mark now. I'm uh-huh. in my sexy era. Uh-huh. And I hope this era lasts for quite a while. So right. I think Mark Bijan is going to help me with that. What I was hearing from that is that you like got into the Tour de France and you were just hearing all the pronunciations of French mountains and you're like, ooh, Bijan. Yeah. If there was Vigeon. a cold, coldy Vigeon, <laughs> that would be really sexy. There's a there's a there's a town in France called Vigeon, uh-huh. and presumably it's where the guy who mm-hmm. all American Vigents can date back to, who moved uh-huh. to Quebec in the uh-huh. 1700s. Right. Um. Anyway, that's this is this is a long and boring introduction to myself. I'm doing okay. I'm uh, <laughs> currently in the Poconos with my family. You're in the Poconos. Uh, in a small house. And yeah. I've locked the room. And I'm cherishing some time with an adult who I'm not blood related to. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like everything is peachy keen. Everything's perfect. No weird family dynamics. Uh-huh. No, lots of them. Lots of them. Obviously sure. lots of them. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, and this is almost like, so this is a precursor to you going to Edinburgh, yeah? That's correct. So I leave for Scotland on Monday and it is currently Wednesday for those of you tuning in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, this will be Mark's, uh, Mark Vigeon. I want to practice it. Mark Vigeon. Mark Vigeon. Vigeon. I will say, I think, (laughs) I think that is definitively what makes French sexy is the fact that they don't pronounce letters. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's, no, there's totally. just some mystery letters. Like, why is there an X there? Oh, just, just counts, just counts. Yeah, yeah. I think Vigeant would be uh, really fun, but right. But I don't know if I can have it both ways. I don't know if I can use the French French pronunciation and put a little stank on it. Sure. Vigeant. Uh huh. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, feel it out. I I'm I'm. I think my vote is with Vigeant. Yeah, no, no, for sure. That's what's yeah, going to yeah. happen. That's yeah. that's what's going to happen. But right. yeah, I go to Scotland next Monday. I'm spending my last weekend week before I go surrounded by family, which I think is good because I was in LA and and I'm on like 16 different group chats and it's a, there's a lot of anxiety percolating. In what the what, what sort of group chats are? Is it a clown group chats? Yeah, I'm uh-huh. on the LA the LA alt clown uh-huh. group chat yeah that uh, sounds like it's the own reality show mark the la alt clowns going to edinburgh fringe group chat yeah that's our it's a really horrifying and strange <laughs> group chat uh um, there's the group chat of just people who were in the hollywood fringe festival who were going to edinburgh 
Right. There's the group chat of just anybody who knows somebody. So it's one of those WhatsApp groups that's just like got a hundred people in it. And it's like, well, this isn't helpful anymore, but right. it's tons of people just all kind of being like, uh, uh, how many posters should I get? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm realizing um, I'm not on any of these chats. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think that's okay. I think that you could be cool. Are you, are you, you're going, right? I wish I could go. I mean, so for those who don't know, Edinburgh Fringe is a longstanding uh, international performance festival. It's not just comedy, but a lot of it, a lot of it is comedy. And um, it is one of the more insane things you can do as a performer because for the month of August, Edinburgh, Scotland triples in population between performers an audience and every single spare inch of space or center read of, of space i should say is used for performance and or lodging mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you go people generally do their solo show or some sort of like alternative format experimental performance a lot of it is comedy or adjacent to comedy and uh a lot of people perform pretty much every day, every night for an entire month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's exactly how it was sold to me. It was like, this is a place. Uh, uh, my friend John Norris said Love that John it's Norris. like art, artist summer camp. <laughs> the hardest summer camp you'll ever do. You know, well, I, I think so. So. I'm going to preempt a question that you probably have, which is why am I going? Why am I subjecting myself to this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to answer that for you. <laughs> Please do. Please uh, answer away. Um, which is to say, I I have a one-man show that I've been working on since last April. Called? And it's called Mark Pleases You. Mm -hmm. And it's the best thing I've ever made in my life. It, mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited for you to see it, Jake, because you yeah. like me. Yeah, but you haven't seen this show, and this is I, me at my peak. Yeah, I've only seen a fifth of it, and I would agree with you. Yes, it's yeah. really, uh, it it was born out of last year, uh, twenty twenty two. I was feeling really dark and depressed and just disconnected, and I think a lot of people can relate to that sure. for obvious reasons. But I wasn't performing at all because. I moved to LA in the middle of quarantine and I didn't really have a community here. I didn't know where to perform. I didn't know what the yeah. scene was really. And your name was um, Mark Vigiant? Yeah, at the time people were like the 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 the, the gayant. <laughs> Bigant. Bigniet. <laughs> yes, I've gotten it all. Vigilant? VG. Well, one hilarious guy called me Mark Vagina once. Really cool, dude. So cool. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's <laughs> yeah. an awesome guy. Yeah. I mean, um, that guy totally has truck nuts on his truck. <laughs> yeah, he does. So, um, this is a beautiful moment. Like, he was like, Mark Vagina? <laughs> and then I looked at him, and there was just this moment, and then he just started sweating, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good moment for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was in this place where I was like, uh, you know, did I did I miss my shot? Did I, did I blow it? You know, I... I Without going into my full life story, and maybe we should, but I will spare you the details until you okay. ask for them. Uh -huh. um, I was a performer in New York City for many years. I was a, a performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I had a sketch group there that had a show every month, twice a month, called OSFUG, the Fast Fucking Sketch Show. Was it Beast um, or Hell's Kitchen? or? It started at the Beast. And we moved to Chelsea. We were performing Ooh. Monday nights at Chelsea at eight PM, yeah. um, and then uh, and then we were one of the first. We were the first sketch show at Hell's Kitchen. Um, humble brag. They didn't even have air conditioning or a light liquor license at the time. Oh wow, they're um, really going old school UCB with that, huh? Yeah, it sucked. It was terrible. It was a bad purchase it was a, just a terrible decision on their part Wait, uh, ucb made a bad purchase what are you talking uh, about like, come on <laughs> i don't know i don't know it surprised everyone yeah we could talk about ucb for a million years and we're not gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah someone should i just <laughs> let me see here's what i'll tell you. 
Okay, go ahead. What'd you say? I was gonna say one last what thing about that. If Matt Besser ever asks us for a suggestion, somebody would be like good stock advice. Hey. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, I mean UCB is where I met some of the most incredible people. Absolutely. I did such great things there. UCB mm-hmm. Chelsea was a special performance space. Yeah. And I, I had a one-man show there called Let's Make a Website that was, up until now, the best thing I'd ever done. And I any career success I had was a tribute, I attribute to that show. I got a manager. I got agents. I, like, I did a lot of cool things that I never – that I was like, it's all happening. This was, like, in 2017. Like, I had a lot of really cool, big comedy moments, you know, I for SNL, all that shit. Right. And uh, I don't know if you knew this. Knoll got it. Um, oh no! Oh, no. You froze. You know, gonna, I, I, you froze. I'm gonna, a little I bit. have a bad internet connection. I can see you now. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. You can no. see me now. Yeah. Yeah. Can What's the last me? thing you heard me say? Uh, yeah. you were, I think, SNL or something. Is that it? Right. Okay. Yeah. The, so, 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 I had an SNL audition. I screen tested. I didn't get it. Blah blah blah. But like, I had my New York. I had career things happen that were good, and I was getting auditions, and I was, I did Cluster Fest or whatever, which was Comedy Central's response to JFL, and right. I was just feeling really hot to try, and and then nothing, and then for whatever reason, and I have a whole bunch of different hypotheses as to why, but it didn't like click, and um, I. I pivoted my career super hard. I tried to be the tech comedy guy because I went to engineering school. Yeah. And I created this show called Internet Explorers, which was very like, I demystify technology. Like, I'm going to be like John Oliver before the internet. And that's still in your bio I didn't do that because... Yeah, no, it is. Is it really still in my fucking bio? Yeah. God. (laughs) Which one? I gotta update it. Yeah, when you look up like your the website that comes up when you type. Oh, my website. Yeah. I know. I gotta fucking update my website. It's so funny. I worked so hard on that goddamn website. Mm -hmm. It's so packed. It's a great website. It is. It just does not. The thing is that that was that was me trying really hard to be employable i wanted to be like look at i'm not just a goofy white guy who wears wigs i'm a goofy white guy who wears wigs and knows about technology yeah i have a niche yeah and the thing is i hate that shit and i felt trapped and i wasn't fulfilled and um when i made it to la there are others other stuff too but basically you know over through the course of the pandemic i lost my agents i changed managers i the tv show that i was pitching fell apart and i just had this moment where i was like i fucked everything up i blew it i fucking blew it maybe i should just be the funny guy in a creative office you know like maybe it's time for me to step into advertising or vr i don't know i don't right. know what the fuck you do next like uh-huh. i'm like having that moment right. and i said you know what no i need to make it was it was like a dark i was i was feeling terrible i was alone and sober which is which was rare during this pandemic was that i would be like at night alone and sober and i, I was sitting there and i was just feeling like shit and i was like i need to make i need to make a, a show about this feeling i need to express this feeling and that is how and the next morning i called my director joanna simmons who i love um she lives in new york and we started we got right to work and it that project became mark pleases you which is a show about people pleasing and it's it kind of it explores like how I got there. How did I end up in a uh, pouring in my a, creative energy in a design into a, of, your, of your own making? Yes, exactly. A yeah. prison of my own making. Exactly. Like how did I get there? And it's because I really just like was was raised on this philosophy that like I need to do everything I possibly can to make everyone else around me love me, um, or else but, they'll all abandon me. But what about you? What about me, Jake? And the truth is I am talented and have these funny ideas and I don't need anybody's permission and I don't need to have a fucking niche. I just, 
go do my own thing because what I think is funny is funny. And if, and if you don't think what you're doing is funny, then why the fuck are you doing it? Like, there's no point. It's not no charity. This isn't a charity. Right. It doesn't matter what discipline of comedy class or instruction you take. If that isn't like the first thing that's said, then like get out of there. Like, if that is tantamount to comedy that you first need to think it's funny. Yes. And I hear you at the guards, you, the collective you, the, the person who would respond to that comment and say like, well, I want a job and maybe the, the, the jokes they read on X or Y TV show are different than the jokes that I would personally find funny. And I get that. And so like coming up with a skill set that you could make money off of, I, I understand that. But if you're coming at it from the perspective of like, I am an artist and I want to make art, make fucking art. Yeah. Like, Art comes from within. It comes from that pain. It comes from that real place. And I'm shouting. <laughs> shouting I'm shouting because I finally, because I'm in the Poconos, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we do here. <laughs> I'm shouting because because I finally did it. You know, I, yeah. I like after a decade of like coming up with premises and being like, oh, a guy who talks backwards. Now that's a sketch. That'll work. Like after a decade of doing that. Uh-huh. And getting good at that, uh-huh. I finally was like, "Oh, I have a feeling, and I want to express this feeling." And I tell you, it's like it—it's it, so funny to be like, "Oh, yeah, you should make art based off how you feel." Oh, that's good. Like, I know it's the dumbest revelation to ever been spoken aloud, but I—if right. you haven't had that revelation yet, I encourage you to go have it, listeners. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes. I find there is a separation between sort of like objective understanding and deep emotional and like intuitive understanding. So like you could say like, oh yeah, sure. Make art through your feelings. That's obvious. So obvious. But then are you really doing that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's, and you can only arrive at that kind of place through deep introspection I am a huge fan of the artist way. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge compo- proponent of therapy. Sure. Um, I do both. Um, got into meditating over the past couple of years. Like I've really worked on trying to be a better person and trying to understand myself. And and writing this show was this therapeutic self-love journey. It is the best thing I've ever created. It's like, it's a fast paced, super silly, extremely personal exploration of people pleasing what it means to be a good person. It largely revolves around a conversation between me and my 11 year old self who I, for the most of my life, I hated him. I used to like have a lot of shame for who I was and the show has helped me love him. Uh, And I know it's all sounds woo woo and whatever, because like, if you're like a, a, a trapped angry person and you hear somebody talking about loving their inner child you're gonna be like yeah fuck off you fucking la weirdo and i'm telling you like okay i i remember feeling that way uh but the truth is like you can love yourself it's true um so i'm putting this whole show together and and i i left the ucp um in 2017 because i thought hell's kitchen was just a disaster of a place and i oh you froze again uh, I can hear he you. Froze. Can... He froze again. It's my fault. I'm <laughs> in the Poconos. I'm in the Poconos. I'm in the Poconos. The Thank internet you. is bad. Oh, internet is bad. Internet is bad in the Poconos. What's Hell the last I... thing you heard me say other than my great song? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I my mind already jumped to like, wait. So is is your default like setting for riffing just going to old school hip hop? Oh man, it's just my old my default riff. Like if the internet's bad, I go into some kind of song, uh-huh. some kind of rhythmic. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said hip hop. Uh, mm-hmm. What you're really just pointing out is that I'm not adding a melody to my voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but that's like speaking. like Sugar Hill Gang it used to be like that, you know? Sure. No, true. Yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah. Okay. I'll listen to some old old school hip hop tonight. Thank yeah, you yeah. for the inspiration. You're, you're absolutely welcome. I'm curious. So you talked about how you're feeling like in a really dark place and you wanted to make a show to talk about this feeling. And yet you say the show is so joyful and exuberant. And, I, and it is. How did you navigate or mm. source all that joy from such a dark place? 
Well, that's yeah. Fuck yeah. Thank you for the question, Jake. Um, so the way Joanna works, and if you're sitting out there and you're like, I want to make a one person show and I want to dive into my feelings. There's no one I can recommend more than Joanna K. Simmons. You can find her on Instagram. Um, she's a, she's, she calls herself a story midwife. Um, she can help, help you bring your ideas to the page. And she's incredible. She's incredible. She does it all. She, she helped direct me um, through the writing process and the acting process. And she's coming to Scotland with me. Um, so we started... I'm actually in the early stages of my next show with her because I've I've quickly discovered even though this is my first Edinburgh and I haven't been there yet, but right. I have been in preparation. I've gone to the San Diego Fringe Festival, the Hollywood Fringe Festival, and the Harrisburg Fringe Festival, and I can already tell you that it's like this is my shit. I love this. I love making these shows. Right. I am I am operating at a hundred percent right now, and oh, so yeah. I want I want to make another one man show for next year, and ultimately I want to be doing these for as many people as I possibly can on the biggest stages, best stages I can. Um, so the way we started is by getting clear on what the show is uh, emotionally. So I like wrote this doc, this Google doc, I still have it where I, where I was like, this show is this feeling. It's this feeling it's, and then like, an ex- and I, and I was describing certain key moments of my life that were really hard. And the next step is Joanna had me put those into scenes, like write two person scenes, write monologues, even if they're not funny. Even if we don't use them, we need to find the emotional core of what this show is. Right. And so like, we didn't know what the premise was. We didn't know any of this shit. We just started writing, I just started writing these scenes. and, And then, and then naturally like, okay, this one, this one's not funny, but it's emotionally centering. So we're going to keep this one in the mix. This one is pretty funny. So let's do a rewrite on it. This one is pretty funny. And then like over time, I have a collection of scenes here that are, that we like. And so it's like, all right, let's put them all into one script and see how it feels. And so then I'm, I'm putting it together like a sketch comedy show. You know, I've got a whole bunch of like two to three page scenes, whatever. And then kind of like four weeks into the process joe has some random note about i had some i had written some uh some monologue about my body image issues Uh, i used to be a very overweight kid i i was about 200 pounds and i was about five feet tall um and so and i lost in eighth grade i lost six sixty pounds in six months which is insane and um yeah i was crazy and 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 for a while it was like the thing i did that i was the most proud of but what i realized is is it was like obsessive and i had body dysmorphia that lasted up until about last year and i think to some degree i think it'll always be a part of my brain is looking at myself in the mirror and only focusing on the pieces that remind me of being a fat kid who was bullied by his friends and classmates and brothers and um and the adults in my boy scout troop like everybody anybody who's ever had weight issues uh can probably relate like you get bullied by everyone like it's not and even even the adults who come in and try to protect you are taking shots at you and it sucks yeah Um, grandparents especially grandparents oh my god they'll shame you are you sure you need another yeah they'll shame you and then they'll be like oh of course you want more yeah yeah that's the worst that really sucks yeah like what sucks uh there's there's so much there's so much to talk about there Mm -hmm. it's like my parents commenting on my weight but also like leaving me at home for hours alone with a pantry filled with soda that they bought just for me right it's like i'm 10 okay i'm not gonna make a wise choice here i'm gonna eat drink four sodas 10 10 years old and self-restraint those aren't two things that happen no yeah (laughs) um so 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 i'm i had this monologue about about my body image issues and joe says something like oh it'd be funny to see fat mark which was the the name we came up with 
in shorthand for younger me. And it just, I was at a coffee shop the next day and the whole plot of the show came to me. And I just, it was, I always write by hand in my notebook. I have like a hundred or so notebooks that I've had over the years that are just all of my ideas and rough drafts and everything like that. And, and then we just massage that. And then it's like, you know, anybody who's ever had to written a, write a pilot or anything like that, you know, you've got to have the story in place first before you can pump it full of the jokes and stuff. And, and even, even the first time I performed it in December, it was really tight. It was really, it was funny, but it was like very, very tight and specific. And then over, I've now performed it 25 times and I've performed it for a lot of different people. And I've been trimming away so much and then adding in clowny moments where I can be really responsive and playful and really in the moment. And so like, I thrive. My sweet spot is where I have uh like a a a premise these series of tent poles that i can return to something i feel very safe about that i know is going to work that i can then deviate from and play with and so my show has become this thing where like i'm jumping from character to character to character then i look then somebody in the audience sneezes and i jump out and i talk to them and then i come back in and then i'm in the scene and then somebody like the last time i did the show somebody let out a huge sigh like in the middle of like one of my lines just goes <sighs> and I and I just like stared them down. I was like, okay, in character, right? And like those are the moments that then are the best moments of the show, you know. And 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 so so to answer your question, you know, it starts from a place of like we got to get the very very serious parts down, and the story is there, and there still are very big moments in the show and and people have said this to me afterwards like you know the show is very silly and it's overwhelmingly like goofy and uh i want to maintain my modesty and also reflect some of the things people say about my show uh is that like it's very high energy it's very like funny it's very jim carrey in the 90s but it also has this real message there's this very real self-love moment in it and i think a lot of people resonate with that and i think the the overall answer is like it just starts with time and you have to start by really knowing what those feelings are and and being able to you know when you get six months into the process and something isn't working you're able to return to those anchor scenes those those anchor you know the document you're like what is what is this show again oh yeah okay and and knowing what the emotional core is is that how you like are sort of preventative in it becoming just like trauma dumping? Well, yeah, I mean, trauma dumping is interesting. Um, it's really interesting. There was there was a scene in the show in the in the first like seven, I'm up to draft 37 of this show. Cool. And, and I would say probably the first 10 drafts had this scene that had a video that showed me as a child getting like really uh, abused. <laughs> um, and, um, and that was to me, it was like, this has to be in the show. It's like this, this is, this is the thing we're going for, you know, and in retrospect, and I remember at the time thinking like, who's going to want to watch that. <laughs> and in retrospect, like no one, the answer is no one, no one wants to watch a video of the performer getting abused. <laughs> Um, sometimes maybe it has to happen and sometimes maybe you can pull it off, but like, uh, you really, that's not art, you know, that's not, that's like, that's like just saying the thing, you know, it, it reminds me of the John Oliver tech comedy stuff that I used to be doing where, which I was always grappling with the fact that like, I think the, the the work that I gravitate most towards is where it's a story where it's like you're not just turning to the audience and saying directly what you mean. Like I don't I don't need to make something like hard to understand. I'm not like trying to make a pension novel over here. It doesn't need to be like you don't need to like sit here with a series of locks and keys and you know yarn and push pins and try to figure out uh-huh. who did what and all this uh-huh. shit and what the meaning is 
but I also at the same time don't want to stand and stare directly at the camera and say, this is what the show means. And here's a video of me getting fucking beat up as a child. Like that sucks. Like no one wants that. Right. It's for therapy, bro. Yeah. It's for therapy. And in the times I've seen solo shows where they do have a moment like that, it's not necessarily like a video, but it's like details of an assault or mm-hmm. uh, rape mm-hmm. or something. That moment is very, in a weird way, like precious. So, like, it, there's a lot of build up to it. There's a lot of yes. like care for the audience leading up to that moment. Yes, there is a show specifically that I saw at the Hollywood Fringe Festival that my friend Sam put together called "This Was Never Supposed to Be a One Woman Show." A one woman show that has that exact moment that you just described, and she does it expertly. The show took her, I think, two or three years to make. And you could tell, like, there's so much care. You can't just dump that on the audience. Like, you can't just show a video of the towers coming down because it's like, that sucks. That's not what we want to see. That feels manipulative Um, if you just do that. Yes, exactly. And and some people, I mean, and again, like, I, I don't want to say anything is, is good or bad objectively, or you can or can't do it, because there's always going to be an example of someone who does, somebody who is able to pull that, push that envelope or anything like that. I think what I'm trying to say is for my own taste and for this, own, for this process, it was important for me to have this scene in early drafts because it, it helped me write around. I was able to write honestly about like, I wrote all the lead up to huge trauma event. And then we got to a point where we didn't need that scene anymore. We pulled it out. All that scaffolding was still very evident and still beautiful and still like, we are building up to some real shit right here. And so the audience doesn't, A, have to watch this video. B, they all feel taken care of they're they've been they've been shepherded up to the big revelation moment um yeah yeah thank you and i think uh, i just want to also i also want to answer the original question i set out to answer Uh way at the beginning which is why am i going to edinburgh and it's because i wanted to i had this show that i was like i'm so excited what do I do with an hour-long show? Where the fuck do I perform this? I want to perform this on Broadway. I want to perform it off-Broadway, but I don't know how you get there. Right. And Joe said, let's bring it to Fringe. Yeah. So that's why I'm going yeah, to Fringe. Say, you know, like that is one way to do it, man. That is one way to, like... I mean, knowing the comedy shows that are off-Broadway and on-Broadway, I mean, it's a long, long process. I mean, um, for instance... Hassan Minhaj's what ended up being a Netflix special, um, yeah. Homecoming King, that started off as like a 15 minute story. Then he did it at the Moth, and then it went through Sundance Labs, and then right. it became right. like this off, off, off Broadway show. Then it was an off Broadway show, and then it became a Broadway show. Or I, I think, yeah, and, then, and it got made into a special. Yes, this is, and and, and this is the thing. I think that I do believe. I believe that the cream rises to the top. I know that there's a lot of bullshit that rises to the top as well. A lot of wealthy people shit rises to the top. A lot of rich kids rise to the top. But I really do believe the the only thing I can really do, the best I can do is focus on the work. And um, I've been working really hard to make this show the best it can possibly be. I've been ma- working really hard to make myself the best that I can possibly be. You know, I'm like listening to the series that LeBron made for the call map called train your mind. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, LeBron, I'm great. Like greatness is a mindset. You know what I mean? I'm like trying to like tap into that, that mentality that like, it's not about how you're know, like, yeah, you should flyer for your show like you should advertise for it but like advertising and getting reviews does not mean you have a good show a good show requires the work and so many of us are reluctant to do the work because it's hard right um and it's different for everybody like the uh, tangible idea of what the work is that's part of the work part of the work is figuring out what the work is yes yes jake 
I and 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 I feel personally that I finally discovered the thing that I love. I love that you said part of the work is figuring out what your work is because it totally is. And I want to take every opportunity I have to speak in a context like this to like say things that are just true to my experience that somebody may be struggling with. Speak to it, man. I, I, I took what um, the artistic director at UCB, Nate Dern, he was the artistic director director when I first got on a mod team in 2013. He told me that I was taking the shotgun approach, which is I was I had like three improv teams and I had a sketch group and another sketch group and I was making a web series and I was like anything we'll, we'll make anything stick here like whatever whatever my thing is we'll figure it out. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a lot of people do that, but like. In my experience, the people who focus on one thing and they do it really well are the ones who really seem to thrive. And then you brought up Broad City, who had just sold their show, and um, the Chris Gethard show and all that. And, and like, it was that intellectual versus emotional knowledge thing where I was like, yeah, 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 I hear that. That probably makes sense. But what am I going to pick? Well, how could I possibly pick? You know, there's a million things I want to do. And, and this person hosts 16 different shows and that person hosts 16 and, and this and that and this and that. And you're constantly comparing yourself and, and it's exhausting. And like, I spent so much of the last 10 years feeling like I was totally overwhelmed and doing way too much and simultaneously feeling like I was never enough because every single thing I worked on only got 50 to 70% of my attention because I was divided between all these different things and trying to feed myself. Right. And, and now I've somehow found myself in this, this magical culling of projects focused on this one show. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is what you, this is what I do is I focus on, I'm going to keep focusing on these solo shows for a while because they are really feeding my spirit. And I am loving them. And I have a partner that I work really well with. Uh, and I have a process. Uh, my friend Hannah Pilkis told me the advice that before I go to Fringe, I should just like throw my ego out the door and do my show as many times as possible just to get it in my bones. So that's why I said I've, I've done it 25 times. And I tell you, it's the best. The last three months have been the best months of my life no comparison, hard stop. I have just been performing and bringing my work to people. And it's been really well received because it's my favorite thing I've ever done. And, and that's, people want to see you do your best thing. And it's like, if, if it feels like pulling teeth to get people to come to your show, then maybe you need to different show because when I, I've discovered that when I really give a shit, when I really fucking love my show and I'm able to just walk up to people and be like, oh, dude, I'm working on this thing. And it's like changing my life. People's reaction is, OK, I want to see that. Right, right. You know, and like, yeah, it sucks. Like I am facing 25 shows in 26 days. I'm sure that there are nights that I haven't sold any tickets to. I don't I don't I'm not even going to look because I don't want to think about that shit because I've discovered that even the in the 25 times I've done Mark Pleases You, the like three times I've sold out the audience, like sold out, sold out, added extra seats, they were not the best shows. And the, the best shows were usually the ones that were like between a third and two thirds full, like a half usually. It doesn't matter. And, and anytime anybody's there, I've performed the show for 11 people and it was beautiful and i discovered so many things and you get to be intimate with the audience and um yeah and i hard agree with this the sentiment part of the work is discovering what your what your version of work is i absolutely agree with that yeah absolutely man so with all this in mind you headed to Edinburgh to do it another 25 times yes what do you hope to get out of it what do you hope to impart on the people that share in the experience with you um, what I'm hoping to get out of it is um, I'm hoping to um, 
I'm hoping to have an enriching artistic experience. Um, I know that there are people there. There seem to be two different reactions to going to the the festival, which are one, it's a huge waste of money, and fuck this. Like you just like you work your ass off, and you lose your voice, and uh, you spend all this money uh, like a, just to a, get average like fifteen thousand dollars, probably. Yeah, you spend a fucking shit. It is so expensive. It's like so expensive, and just to like get a bunch of reviews that are like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. And then I've also heard people come back and say, like, it was the most artistically gratifying experience I've ever had. And it made me a better performer and it made me feel invincible on stage. And that's what I'm looking towards. I'm not I I there are tangible things I want in my career that uh, I would love to make progress on. You know, I would love to meet I would love to impress producers and bookers and industry people who would want to help me bring this show to larger audiences and chip in in some way. Mm -hmm. I would love to meet other comedians and artists and get inspired and see if there's places I could collaborate. But I can't control anybody else's experience of my show. Um, The only thing I can control is, is my attitude and, um, and I can do my best at controlling my experience. And so what I'm going in is I'm going in, I want to do my fucking best work I possibly can. I want to take the best care of myself I can. I want to leave it all out on the ice. I'm going to do my best. I want to have a lot of fun. I want to meet a lot of people. Um, And I know that I'm going to discover things and I'm going to meet people and they're going to be life-changing experiences. I just don't know what they are. And I'm thrilled at the ambiguity of it. Yeah. Well, so what do you want the audience to leave your show and go home with? Oh, um, I would love people, uh, again, I want you to react how you're going to react. I want you, I think, first and foremost to be like, damn, that was funny. I want to make people laugh till they cry. You know, I want to make, I want to make that happen a lot. And, and I want people to leave the show thinking like, I can love myself if, if I know that is, that sounds really lofty. Um, I want people to reflect on the ways in which their means to their inner, their previous versions of themselves, the way that they, I want the, I want, Oh, Oh. we're frozen. Uh, We're frozen. (laughs) We're frozen. (laughs) We're frozen. We're frozen. We're frozen. We're not frozen anymore. We're frozen. We're frozen. We're frozen. Are you back? Am I back? Uh, you were kind of back. Am I back? I can hear you. I think I heard you singing my song. Yeah, I I heard you saying we're frozen. We're frozen. We're frozen. We're frozen. We're frozen. That's for Frozen Three. It's it. Uh, I kind uh, of almost this is that Poconos this is that Poconos, Poconos internet oh you're actually frozen now I don't think I can even hear you okay we're back all this is going in Mark uh, I said I love that good this is just yeah. what I like is yeah. I want I want Want everyone to know that the Wi-Fi in the Poconos is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was saying is, what I was saying is, I want people to, um, I want people. The best I can hope for is somebody walks away and they feel like, okay. I've discovered that the more specific you tell your story the more people will be able to see universal truths and be able to identify what's where they fit right, and absolutely. how they can relate. I think this is a, saw, mi- a misgiving yeah. with the idea of relatability. Yes. Like, yeah, when people kind of conceptualize a show or an idea, oh, it needs to be relatable. How do people even know what this is? It's so specific. No, that the, the universal connection of it is if you get in touch with your humanity, that is what people connect to. And Mark's still listening. 
looking the most serious that I've seen him though all this whole time. Uh, arms behind me so much. No song. No song. Now I can see you it. just you just said something I could t you were about to say something so insightful. Uh -huh. And you know, I, you know what I just realized? <laughs> you know, can I tell you something I just realized? Go ahead. Go ahead. The reason my internet is so fucked right now mm -hmm. is that my <laughs> this is my nephew. The way he stays in touch with his girlfriend when they are apart, they're 19, mm -hmm. is they play Minecraft together. Yeah. My nephew's in the other room playing Minecraft right now. That's why my internet is so butt ass right now. <laughs> I'm competing with my nephew and his girlfriend. Yeah. On their Minecraft server. Yeah, we're competing with love, everyone. We're competing with love. Um I loved what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I think I heard most of it, but can you repeat it for me? What what was the last thing you heard? What I heard was this is the misconception with about relatability. Yeah, the misconception with relatability is that um people when you're conceptualizing like a show or an idea they're like oh that's so niche and specific how is anyone going to know what you're talking about what's relatable is when you find the your humanity in the story that's yes. what people connect to yes absolutely i went to go see nick pupo's show addicted yeah and it's amazing i absolutely loved it right and it it was at I saw it at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Right. Oh fuck! Did I freeze again? Oh yeah, no, 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 there you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I saw it at Hollywood Fringe. It's going to be at Edinburgh. I'd highly recommend. I watched it, and it's about Austin. It's about it's his hyper specific story about mm -hmm. friendship and addiction and heroin. And I do not have uh, an addiction to any kind of painkillers. Um, there are many elements of his story that are completely foreign to me, right. but I do have a best friend who would do anything for me. And there was a moment in his show, like the climactic moment in his show, just fucking got me so hard. And I started crying and I called my friend Chris afterwards to tell him how much I loved him. And I had to come up to Nick and I just held him and I cried and I was like, you fucked me. And he was like, I got you, dude. And he was so funny about it. He was laughing. He was like, I fucking, this is exactly, you know, and that's what I want. You know what I mean? I want somebody to have that moment where it's like, yeah, you might not have been a fat kid. Uh, you might not have been a weirdo who played with Legos in his basement or um, had has weird, shameful stories about the places he's moved. There are elements of my story that maybe you watch and you you feel something inside you, and I, I want I want audiences to be like I could be kinder to myself and I could stand up for myself more. That would be right. my dream. Right, because here, loving yourself shouldn't be a lofty idea. It shouldn't be a woo-woo idea. It, it, and, you know, for Absolutely. I think most, mostly men, it's not a sign yeah. that you're weak. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, I would say that loving yourself is strong. It's like the gateway to strength. Yeah. When you love yourself, there is this power that exudes off of you because you don't need anything else. And that's what everybody wants. If you want to be a great performer, fucking love yourself yeah, because man. then the audience looks at you and they're like, I want what that person has. Right. And I see there's almost a distinctive line when people do self deprecating material, when it doesn't work, I think, God, that person really hates themselves. Yeah, exactly. You don't, and you don't want the audience to feel bad for you. Yeah. You don't want the audience's pity. You don't want them to be scared. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, maybe you do, and 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 I, I'm sure there's a place for that. But but unintentional pity is not hot. You know what I mean? No one is getting fucked after a show. <laughs> sexy like, sexy Mark Vigeant's coming out. Sexy Mark Vigeant. I'm here to say. <laughs> If you want, if you want those babies being thrown up in the air so that everybody can come to you and be like, "I want to fuck you," uh -huh. be powerful, be strong, love yourself, right? Be confident in your material. Mm -hmm. Also, be good. 
that's important but right right loving yourself is is super dope all this is to say the loving yourself rocks right absolutely and i think it's so embedded in just so many things culture gender whatever that it's like it's almost like corny the idea of loving yourself yeah. <laughs> like i mean it that's is. the thing i've had to negotiate and it, but it's, yeah. it's it's not corny it's not corny and it sounds corny and i think that it's there are subcultures and mainstream culture elements where it feels like it is super corny and cringy to love yourself and and there are certainly people who make money off of the idea of like there are self-help people who are cringy yeah there are tiktok accounts that are, are cringy but there's a way to love who you are and appreciate your skills and appreciate your uh, what you're not as skilled at your weaknesses and accept them and accept that hey i was a 10 year old boy who made poor choices uh who wasn't a 10 year old who made poor choices that's what you do when you're 10 yeah stop beating yourself up for some bullshit you did when you were 15 yeah absolutely i uh i hope a bunch of people see it in edinburgh and leave with thank you thank you yes mark pleases you it's the it's at 6 35 p.m or 18 35 uh every day except for the 15th at c aquila yeah c venues aquila amazing uh and i hopefully maybe i get to see it on a bigger stage back in l.a Hell yeah. Yeah. On my victory lap tour. Your victory lap tour. Hell yeah, buddy. Do you want to do some comedy news? I would love to do some comedy news. I do have to get moving for dinner soon. I heard my yeah. name called and I had to wave somebody off. But... For sure. For sure. No, we will speed, through, we'll speed through this. Uh, okay, so first off, uh, Just for Last Montreal is currently happening, uh, and they just announced their new faces of comedy, and for brevity's sake, I will only announce group one and two. These are the stand-ups. Lost you again. Uh, uh, have you lost me at my back? Am I back? I, you, I, I hear wonder, you now. Okay, I wonder if you're gonna have a. I hear you now. I wonder if you have a. I can see you. What? I wonder if you're gonna have a conversation about Minecraft <laughs> at the dinner table. I love, I love Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, I think Minecraft is so dope. I am not a gamer. I'm too committed to story for like gameplay. I don't give a shit about. I want to sure. be invested in. Characters. I am not a person. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've heard that if you yeah. want that, and you also want to play a video game, The Last of Us is really good at that. Last of but Us. But also, is good. I am not. I am not a video game evangelist. I very much believe that go like what you like as long as it doesn't hurt other people or yourself. Oh yeah. But anyways, new faces of yeah. comedy. Uh, these are I'm just gonna do the stand-ups uh, for brevity's sake. So they they're announced in two groups, and these are just gonna be the non-Canadian, non-international stand-ups. And there are other categories that are cover unreps and creators and characters, which is where Mark would probably fall in or should fall in. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the new faces of comedy announced uh, uh, just a couple days ago: Anna Saragina, Asha Ward, Dan Lamort, Darius Bennett, Maggie Winters, Morgan Jay, Nikola Carney, uh, Sahana Srinivasan. Uh, I totally messed that up. Sahib Singh, Tommy Brennan, Zach Brzeo, Audrey Stewart, Brittany Schmidt, Chika Robinson, Derek Stroop, Fume Abe, Kelly Ryan, Leslie Liao, Sam Morrison, Saul Trujillo, and Troy Bond. And I will leave a link for uh, the rest in the show notes. And then next item of news, um, speaking of Off-Broadway, Rachel Bloom, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend star. There's some snaps that Mark's doing that I don't think is coming through, but he is snapping. Nice. I snapped. Uh, she is doing a uh, solo musical show called Death Let Me Do My Show um that was created during the pandemic and it will i i don't want to give too much away but will be very fun it's set to uh debut off broadway 
this fall. And, uh, and you know, look out for tickets at the for uh, at the Lucille Lortel Theater uh, coming soon. Uh, I mean, it's been a long overdue that Rachel does something uh, that like isn't just seeing her do improv and some fun shows here and there in L.A. But I like I don't know. She she's a force of nature, Rachel. And I realized Mark is frozen again. I should have a. Hey, Internet went out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's for you? Yeah, for me. Yeah. But it's. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah, well, it's, this is being done through my phone. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, thoughts on Ra Rachel, real quick. Um, congrats to Rachel. Love that. Haven't seen the show. Love Rachel. Uh, congrats to all the JFL new faces. Um, lots of really wonderful people on there. Some people I don't know, but a lot of people I do, and they all deserve it. God bless them. Right. Final item of news, the upcoming uh, Toronto International Film Festival uh, is going to have a lot of documentaries, and I bet they're going to lean heavy into that, considering a, a bunch of A-list stars will probably not show up to, at the red carpet because of the sag after WGA strike. Uh, one of these documentaries will be about the accusers of uh, Louis C.K., uh, who called him out for sexual misconduct mm. and... Uh, Whatever things they they labeled it as, where he basically uh, whipped it out and then uh, masturbated completion, which he admitted to. He admitted to, and um, he admitted to it. And he really, he only kind of apologized for a kind of, not really. No, not really, not no. at all. No, no. And uh, I would say that he's creatively regressed. Uh, you know. Then. As a, I, I, I have not given a shit about Louis C.K. since then. You know, it's like yeah. uh, very easy to ignore him. Yeah, because uh, guess what, everybody? There are plenty of there's uh, other people. <laughs> other, it, it, even if it's your flavor, there's funny, introspective white guys that explore all sides of themselves. And they, yeah, there's funny, introspective white white guys who explore themselves, and they don't jack off in front of non-consenting mm -hmm. uh women who are of a status below him yeah. i'm i'm one of these men yes i explore myself introspectively yeah, yeah. and uh, um, come to my show all hey, hey i got a message for you louis ck fans <laughs> be, a, be a mark fan it should be this easy huh yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. You should put that in your promo. Hey, Lucy K fans, be a Mark Hey, Lucy K fans, it's Mark Bijan. Um, I'm introspective. I have a lot of interesting takes. If you heckle me, uh, I will respond. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk. Let's Why talk. don't you come to one of my shows? Um, right. And if you're a woman who's opening for me, I won't force you to watch me masturbate. <laughs> Absolutely. You won't that's, force, that's that, my you won't force, force them to do anything. I won't force you to do shit. Mm -hmm. I, I, in fact, encourage you, if you're having a bad time, I encourage you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I will do nothing to win you over if you hate me. If you hate me, it's cool. Yeah. I will do something without you because I don't need you. But I would love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that makes me, uh, I, I remember hearing the second hand, but uh, Paul Tompkins, long, long ago when he used to do stand-up, I think he was doing a show in Texas, and, uh, you know, I think he was overhearing some people talk in the audience in the middle of the show, and he, and he stopped, and he was like, you know, thank you for coming, but I really think this show isn't for you, and, like, you can leave, and I'm yeah. not going to get mad, you can just, it seems like you're not having a good time. These people are. And so why don't you just leave? Yeah. And they great. left. And everyone else did have a great time. Love that. Love it. Yeah. I'm excited to see this doc. Mm -hmm. I want, uh, I, w I want to learn more about it. Yeah. They people did should, a really brave thing. Yeah. People shouldn't forget, especially the, you know, I think there was sort of a great missed opportunity and that for supposedly how, 
vulnerable and raw Louis is supposed to be, that he would be like, all right, let me put it all out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, really, he did it. He didn't. He didn't. His whole thing was, I tell it to you real. Yeah. And then he didn't. And then he just kind of hid around and then resurfaced as a dude who's like, you can't say that. All right, yeah. fuck isn't off. It isn't it crazy I lost this many millions of dollars? Yeah, it is. You shouldn't have been a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Absolutely. You were. Yeah. And I don't like invoking this sort of, like, logic, but I mean, you do have daughters, dude. Yeah. Mm. Listen, I mean, I, I, I think, I think anybody who's listening to, I think your, your podcast, I wonder if there are people who are, I don't know. What, what are the demographics? Are there people who are like, well, what, well, we could forgive Louie. <laughs> I don't think there are. I don't think there yeah. are. I don't yeah. think they're listening to this one. Let's call Joe. Let's call Joe Rogan up. Let's get (laughs) let's get on his pod. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say I have a message to all you Louis C.K. fans. Right, right. And then I'll get I'll do some ayahuasca with Joe Rogan. Right. And I'll be like, listen, I got a message for all you Joe Rogan fans. Right. (laughs) You should be. You should listen to me instead. Uh huh. Not this wacko. Who is, uh, you know, just a different flavor of uh, that right-wing pundit. Uh, oh, I'm just asking would, questions. I'm just asking yeah, questions. Yeah, I would say there's. it's not even a Venn diagram. It is just a circle of people who still think Louis C.K. is funny and people who listen to the Joe Rogan experience. I think right. that is a complete circle. I think that's just what that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to not to come out here slinging hot takes. Hot, hot, come to my show. Come to his show. And where is that show happening again in August in Edinburgh? At the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Mark Pleases You will be at Sea Arts, Sea Venues, Sea Aquila is the name of the space a q u i l a um and uh i perform every day at 1835 right. aka 6 35 p.m every day from the 2nd to the 27th except for the 15th um i will be um working with uh a group of goofy LA clowns uh, will be on the streets promoting our shows. Sure. Uh, I'm also part of a variety show called Fakasha. Uh-huh. That's, um, oh, what's that? One of the Cowgate places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, wow. I just discovered that a blog, a blog awarded me best solo male best solo show by a male mm-hmm. at uh hollywood fringe festival uh-huh. according to the TV, the the tvolution.com wow and they and they spelled my name wrong <laughs> <laughs> how did they spell it large v-i-g-e-n-t oh wow see that's that's vigent <laughs> they don't know yet vigent vigent I feel like you're gonna have a have a have to have a Scottish pronunciation in Edinburgh at some point. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna do that now. No, no, I'm like, <laughs> I, I know I sounded like I was teeing you up for it. It's no, totally fine that you don't have Donkey. it. <laughs> Talking. That's how you get into a Scottish accent. That's, that's um, my yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, loved having you. What a wonderful, wonderful episode. Thank you for sharing everything that you Thank shared. You. I wish you the best on your tour. Where can people find you online? Is there anything else you'd like to promote? You know, I I uh, just find me on Instagram. That's probably the thing that I do that's most up to date. I will be updating my website soon. Uh, if yeah. you go to markvegan.com right now, you will see a a uh a testament to a previous version of me that is dead right um De- demystifying is no part of, of no Mark's i don't event. demystify i'm a goofy boy i'm a sweet <laughs> boy who just wants to make you laugh um uh-huh. um so go to mark underscore vision on instagram um or just please honestly just come see my show i would yeah. love to i'll be performing it in every major u.s city i'm certain so Hell yeah, you are. All right. Uh, Thanks, Jake. Appreciate absolutely. you.
Yeah, I, I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com. At the Comedy Bureau across socials, you can find me on Instagram at NotTheSupermarket. On Twitter at Amateur Jay Kroger. Probably on Blue Sky. I think that's the one we're supposed to go to after Twitter or X or wherever the hell it is. Uh, so many great concerts to support this time. Please support those. But if you have money in general, actually yeah. left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it going. And do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Martin? Uh, love yourself. <laughs> wow funny but you don't you don't have to you don't have to and that's the message right um comedy is happening and as the great brody stevens would say enjoy it comedy bureau field report is recorded produced and edited by jake kroger Music by Brian Granillo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.